Welcome to Drinks at Work by Booth Booth Sound Bygrave. That's me. This is a show about building creative and rewarding careers in and around the world of drinks. My guest on this episode is Crystal Hart. In this chat, we get a look under the hood of the brand ambassador life. Crystal is the National Bartender Engagement and Trade Advocacy Manager at Campari Australia and one of the leading lights of the bar scene in this country for over a decade now. Crystal stepped into the brand advocacy side of the bar business in 2013 with a gig for Diageo's Reserve Brands portfolio. But before that, she worked in some of Brisbane's best cocktail bars at the time, Sling Lounge, The Bowery and Canvas to name but a few. When she moved to Sydney as an ambassador as well, Crystal also used to do a few shifts at the much-missed Bulletin Place. She's definitely got skills behind the bar. Crystal capped her time working with the Diageo portfolio last year when she finished up as the trade advocacy manager and brand ambassador for World Class off the back of staging the World Class Global Finals in Sydney. She's widely respected, super knowledgeable and engaging to talk to. In this episode, we talk about how she went from studying acting to falling in love with hospitality. We talk about what it takes to be a brand ambassador in the first place and the character traits that have led her to build a successful career and her advice to anyone thinking of a career in the business. But before we get into it though, I just want to remind you that you can subscribe to the Boothby newsletter at boothby.com.au. I send three emails a week straight to your inbox, which means we get to skip the gatekeepers that are the big tech algorithms. Okay, so let's get into it now. Here's my chat with Crystal Hart. Crystal Hart, thanks for joining me on Drinks at Work. Oh, Sam, my pleasure, my pleasure. <laughs> it's good to talk to you. We're having some technical uh, difficulties, but we'll see how we can go through those. Uh, but the first <laughs> question I want to ask you is the big question. What's the Crystal Heart origin story? How did you oh, get to be working in bars? Origin story. It's so funny. It always reminds me of like, the origins of Batman. Um, yeah. Mine wasn't as... <laughs> wasn't That's pretty as traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've always had a flair for the theatrics, so, mm. you know, amazing. Um, my origin story, I don't know. I don't know if it's too too dissimilar from a lot of people that are in the industry. Yeah. But I, um, I finished university with an acting degree in Queensland um, and like most actors it is pretty tough getting consistent work um yep. traveled around around the country all around Edinburgh and Japan with like a, a theater company and did a bunch of ads and, and bits and pieces but certainly not enough to to pay the bills yeah. so I started getting into bartending towards the end of my degree and it's really interesting the parallels that I guess can be generated from acting and, and bartending. You've got this like mm. safe piece of um, timber in front of you that protects you from everyone else that, um, <laughs> that comes to greet you. Yeah. But for me, it was the creativity. It was, you know, the chance to bring to life these amazing drinks um, for customers. And, and ultimately it's, you know, it's that, that moment where you get to deliver something that's pretty incredible that can make or break someone's night. And like an actor to a great audience, I just fell in love with that feeling. And before long, I started working in, you know, some of the best bars in Brisbane and started competing in cocktail competitions and, you know, I guess the rest is history. And so how long have you been in the ambassador side of the world, of the bar world? Quite a while. Uh, yeah. A soft, a soft nine years. <laughs> soft nine years. <laughs> I'm sure there's nothing soft about those nine years. And so your, your current role is you're the National Bartender Engagement and Trade Advocacy Manager at Campari Australia. What does that entail? What is the, what's, you know, it's a big title, but what does it mean in practicality? Yeah, great question. So ultimately, you know, we've got these amazing brands and, and like most other spirits businesses, it's, you know, the way that those brands are marketed, um, 
become incredibly important. But then there are these specialised roles like this one that allows Mm. us to kind of create specific strategy for how these brands live in the on-premise. So, you know, how small bars work with, you know, amazing products like Campari or amazing products like Espelon. You know, bartenders are inherently quite creative and quite challenging creatures. So I think, you know, the role for (laughs) someone that has an advocacy title or a bartender engagement role is, you know, how do these brands authentically exist and how do we inspire bartenders to be creative with them? How do we give them programs that feel natural and authentic to the way that they create drinks? Because, you know, often the programs that work for Coles and Woolies won't work for the on-premise. There needs to be... right you know, a little bit of creativity and, and a little bit of strategy around how they live and, and how they can support bartenders. You know, we've right. the last two years has been pretty tricky for the on-premise. So I mm. believe more and more these roles in different spirit brands are incredibly important because it gives companies a chance to understand what bartenders need, what venues yeah. need, um, and the ever-changing kind of economy or climate of the on-premise, which is, you know, in flux, to be, to be honest. <laughs> It's always in flux. But what's a? Can you give us sort of an example of sort of how you do then to support bartenders? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Campari, you know, formally um, created you know some really great advocacy strategies where you know they donated a lot of funds and created a lot of opportunities for bartenders to click and collect some meals throughout yeah. COVID. Yeah. Um, at my former role with Diageo, you know, we did this great partnership um, with Copper Dog where we worked with you know local restaurants to to be able to deliver, you know, a small little copper dog and a meal voucher um, for, for bartenders to be able to pick up, collect and mm. feel like they're having that that kind of over and above meal and, and almost kind of get out of the mindset of whatever it is that they're going through. Now, yeah, and this was the, the know, pandemic years where it was really quite tough, right? It was quite tough and, you know, and it was tough for a lot of big businesses, right, to be able to shift their programs and to be able to understand what the need of different states, let alone different bartenders needed, was was quite tricky. So I really feel for not only venues and and bartenders but also people in or brand ambassadors, I should say, in in brand-facing roles because a lot of those projects, they needed to flip in Mm. order to make them relevant and to find a way to really be of support rather than asking for something which sometimes can feel <laughs> the nature of roles like this. Yeah. What does a typical week look like for you then at the moment? So like, <laughs> how do you sort of structure your day? I'm sure that there's every day is different because everyone I seem to ask this question of every day is different, but how do, how do you sort of structure your day? Sure. Every week is different, Sam. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get a feel for like what the day to day is for you. You know? Yeah. Okay. Um, so try not to, you know, labor on the the mundane. We one thing that's really important to me when running a team, especially a team of, of you know interstate brand ambassadors, is making sure we can all connect each week. You know, right. finding ways to create our own community within our team before we then go and try and inspire other communities of bartenders can be really important. Um, yeah. Yeah. And the benefit of like of actual kind of you know temperature checking and understanding what different states are doing can be really important for the programs that we do. So generally we'll do something like a little kickoff meeting at the beginning of each week. Um, I'm actually going to jump to that <laughs> after this interview. <laughs> so that's a, um, a chance for us to catch up on all the projects that we're running, all the executional things, um, and just to understand what's going on in each state. And then ultimately, you know, we meet with different brand teams to understand, you know, where the opportunities sit. Um, my role is probably slightly different to the rest of my team. 
yeah. um, my team will go out and then, you know, meet with bartenders, meet with venues, organize physical face-to-face training programs, mm-hmm. um, and then also, you know, pop into venues, understand, you know, some of our key on-premise partners, understand their needs and try and come back and create programs and ways that we can support them. So, for example, mm-hmm. it could be something like a venue's really struggling with their tequila sales over winter. So yeah. my team might come and say, okay, there is a lack of industry expertise around tequila as a category, um, which, you know, is the way that we educate at Campari Academy. We go category first, yeah. brand last, which is exciting. And then we kind of go, okay, so let's give you the information to feel comfortable not only creating drinks that will increase sales in your venue, but let's give you the understanding of like what the category has to offer and how yeah. you can really leverage the fact that, you know, we know that tequila is the fastest growing spirit in the country. It's not the fastest yeah. selling, but we know that everyone's obsessed with tequila from a tequila soda through to a margarita through to a Paloma. These yeah. are three, three drinks that are quite classic in nature um, but have been around for centuries and with the right understanding of flavour and balance and history and all of that information, you can flip mm. your concept or your offering that, you know, could really be in a, in a deficit through to yeah. creating, you know, a margarita hour with all of the skills and all the tools that you need to do it successfully. So right. while that's, so that's a big what, journey. Yeah, yeah, go on. No, you go on. I was going to say, you know, while that's a big journey away from, you know, what the day-to-day looks like, for me it's more about the end goal because yeah. all of the meetings and all the brand catch-ups are, are fantastic. But ultimately it's how we can really service our expertise to really be of benefit um, to bartenders and venues. Um, and for yeah. me that's the role of, of someone in this position or, or in a brand ambassador role. It is an advocacy yeah. role. And so your role is – also, I mean, it's probably less face-to-face, I'm guessing what you're saying, with the trade today and more sort of managing that team. Is that how it goes? Yeah, that's it. Managing the team, being the kind of intermediary between, you know, the brands and then <laughs> um, being the intermediary between um, sales as well. How, how, do you enjoy being the intermediary? Because <laughs> <laughs> I think intermediaries, intermediaries sometimes the, uh, is code for uh, you're the one who cops the shit from all sides. <laughs> <laughs> I'm second guessing whether I should have taken this interview, Sam. <laughs> no, I just got to ask you the question. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. You got it. No, honestly, I don't mind. I've um, I've been fortunate enough to do a role similar to this for quite some time. Um, yeah. And you know, the the benefits of that can be quite helpful. You know, you mentioned uh, what is in the day to day, and an extension of my role. You know, it definitely kind of sits a bit higher up and. You know, the role of a yeah. great brand ambassador is to mentor and to nurture and to educate the on-premise, and I'd like to think that my role is of support of that. Uh, it's yeah. making sure that the brand ambassadors have all the tools that they need to succeed and and then we're able to feel or feed, I should say, real-time info to our brands that just don't have the time to be everywhere all at once uh, where our yeah. team can be, you know. So it's, it's yeah. a fortunate position to have, and I think if they went away, you'd, you'd see – you see a, um, a huge neglect of support for the on-premise. Uh, look, I've seen it with other companies when they've got a sort of wound back ambassador programs before and they're, yeah. just, they're just like not there in the on-premise after a year or two, you know. What's the most rewarding part of an ambassador gig, do you think? Mm, good question. Uh, I'd say in the first I've really, year. I've only got good questions, Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> amazing. I'd say in the first year for me, um, drinking some amazing cocktails from some incredible bars is definitely, yeah. you know, one of the, the kind of um, most rewarding parts. If you love travel, this gig is absolutely for you. Yeah. Um, you know, my time working for World Class and, and Tanqueray, I got to visit some of the best kind of restaurants and, and look at communicating with restaurant bartenders versus like cocktail bartenders and, you know, the broad scope mm. of hospitality is huge and understanding how different people interpret flavour and what their version of creativity is can be pretty um, pretty all-consuming. Like it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what do you reckon the skills are you need to get an ambassador gig, right? You're, you'll be in the position of hiring, uh, you know, ambassadors at some point, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what are the things that you look for in an ambassador and, and what are the things that you sort of would, I guess, train instead of hire? Does that make sense? Yeah. Great question. I think a lot of people in trade think that brand ambassadors are born. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm absolutely <laughs> a, a, a proven kind of uh, subject that that's not true. Um, yeah, I started when I was 25. Yeah. I was wildly yeah. reckless. Like it, <laughs> I'm not sure how much of that's changed now. But, yeah. um, look, one thing that I look for is, especially if you're building a team, like all of the constructs of um, – of, of proper like management of teams doesn't really go away when you change roles. So for me, okay. I try and find members in the team that can add something unique. I, I don't want to throw around the word diversity for the sake of it, but what yeah. I'm talking about is like alternate viewpoints, different skill sets. Uh, one thing that I love to see is passion. Um, yeah. It doesn't, and I, I don't want people that are passionate about the same thing. I think when you see someone that isn't passionate, it's contagious, right? You can't help regardless of whether you believe what they stand for or you have any expertise in the education that they're delivering. Passion mm. is, is, is infectious and you can train everything else. You can train people yeah. how, how to generate um, proper emails and how to communicate and how to manage their time. Which I imagine, the, I imagine the email thing and the email thing is kind of a big thing because you're going from so that bartender world where – it's often small business. It's also pretty informal to like, you know, making sure you CC the right people and, and say things politely in emails is a, it's a different beast. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, but yeah, working corporate life can take a little bit of time getting used to, but all yeah. of those things are, are teachable. Um, and I guess, you know, the evolution of my career, um, working with amazing brands through Dialgio and now looking after the Campari group, I'm really excited by education. Um, you know, we yeah. know there is a huge skills deficit throughout the entire bartending community globally. It's not a unique um, problem that we're facing here in Australia. And yeah. the more we can get on board with the fact that we're just going to need to be excited and we're going to need to educate as many people as possible in order to, like, ultimately lift the average mean in the mm. on-premise is super important. Um, and I, I think people that are excited by training that don't steer away from a problem those are a couple of really great assets and great skills that I would look for when recruiting. When, when you're talking about the, the skills deficit, is that due to the pandemic that has been a sort of reset or is it something that was a problem beforehand? I'd say it's a byproduct of, um, of, of, of yeah, of, of COVID in particular. Yeah. Um, you know, based on working in, in confined spaces or based on not working at all, um, there's definitely been a lot of behavioural shifts that we've noticed especially in bartenders. A lot of people have started to change careers. 
um, yeah. where there were, and I know from experience, um, having try or currently trying to recruit for brand ambassadors, you know, the mindset has shifted quite a lot. Um, okay. you know, people, there doesn't seem to be as much excitement to, to branch out and try something new. People are feeling really, really comfortable in the positions that they're currently doing or right. wanting to do, you know, wanting to do less with more generally seems to be a sentiment that I'm experiencing. Um, okay. So, yeah, and, and with international travel, you know, th- there comes a lot of new faces and, and a lot of opportunity to train. So hopefully we're going to make it a bit easier for people to come back to Australia mm. to kind of help rebuild the, the hospitality scene. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, I mean, for a long time, uh, you know, the sort of career progression for a bartender, the ambassador has been a goal for many bartenders, right? Mm. So it seems interesting that that's not holding the same appeal that maybe it once did. What do you reckon is behind that? Yeah, that's a really good question. If you find the answer, can you let me know? <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I've, I've never seen more people in the last two years completely leave the industry as, yeah. as I've come in contact with, which is quite yeah. interesting. Um, job stability is one thing. You know, you'd think that an ambassador role can generally deliver that, but people are completely yeah. leaving the industry altogether. So I think there's something yeah. that we need to do on a government level beyond just brands supporting with education because there's, there's only so much we can do, right? As a, um, mm. as a country, there's something, you know, we need to provide more clear pathways into the industry from, you know, high school, um, from university. This needs to be, you know, a, we need to ha- take on a more European approach. Okay. You visit some of the best, and you will if you've travelled everywhere, Sam, you know, you'll visit <laughs> some amazing European bars and your bartenders have more expertise and more knowledge and, and more life experience than you could hope to imagine. And these yeah. are industries that are still highly prized and guarded. And in this country, even though creativity and our hospitality scenes evolved quite a lot in the last five to ten years, mm. there is this breakaway point where we're seeing a lot of people leave the industry. Um, and I just I can't help but think that, there's a lot that we need to do from a government level in order to drive, you know, high school students, university students through hospitality to create yeah. a more a more holistic human. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there's also that you, there's only so long you can be behind the stick every night of the True. week kind of thing before you start breaking down. And But I think yeah. I would say that there's probably never been a better time to start in the industry because there's so many different ways you can go about your career after that time behind the stick. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely like an employee's market at the moment and there's lots of desire for expertise. Um, You know, we're starting to see a lot more group roles popping up, which is really exciting. Um, Mm. Lots of beverage group roles in particular, they went away at the height of of the lockdowns. So Mm. it's good to know that 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 level of expertise and education and and really driving um, that passion around drinks and around hospitality is seen as as being really important and, and you hit the nail on the head, you know, if you have a little bit of, um, uh, a little bit of, uh, forgive me, passion and expertise, you're going to be able to find a pretty decent role, not in Australia, mm. somewhere else in the world. That's it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It can take you uh, all over the world. For bartenders who, young bartenders who are coming in the industry and they are looking at how, how they can build a long, sustainable career, what are some things that you would advise them to do in terms to set themselves up for options later on? Yeah, great question. For me, it's around getting the fundamentals right. Without, yeah. you know, a, a decent process or without understanding, you know, the classic approach to either creating drinks or 
understanding how to, you know, build a restaurant menu list or understanding, you know, the, the fundamentals of a great wine menu. Without yeah. those, um, I, I find that you're kind of dancing in the dark a little bit. There's so many options. You know, we're seeing a lot yeah. of Australian products booming at the moment. So there's so many avenues to go in with, without a lot yeah. of direction. I would say being being masterful in the basics is incredibly important. And then the, the reality is, is you do need to build a profile. Um, you know, yeah. we've done so much education around, you know, you are your brand and it sounds really <laughs> cheesy, don't get me wrong, but it is really important having national exposure, whether you're wanting to start a business from scratch and you're looking for investors or whether you're wanting a really high profile role in Sydney or Melbourne, you know, having mm-hmm. a, a little bit of, of clout behind you really helps to kind of get you there. It, it almost becomes you're like your social media profile becomes your new resume as yeah. you know, in the industry, very rarely are you asked for a resume, only in, in corporate life are you. So <laughs> understanding yeah. that <laughs> understanding that how you put yourself out there is just as important as um, the end result, whether it's the cocktail that you're delivering, whether it's the competition and the placement, whether it's, you know, educational programs like WSET or Ananas or Small Batch or Jerry, mm. all of these different programs can really help build your skill set to set you up for success when you want to generate a lot more um, national um, profiling. Absolutely. Okay, what are the things about you, Crystal Hart, that makes you you and but which have also set you up for this career that you've got? Like what do you think the things are about your sort of personal character traits that have helped you along the way? <laughs> this is the this is the personal introspection part of the of the podcast. <laughs> Amazing, great! Again, really, really stoked. I said yes to this. Um, if you could see me now, I'm squirming. I hate oh, talking good. about myself. <laughs> I told you, there's um, only good questions here. Yeah, only good questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, mm. what? Uh, let's see. I'm pretty passionate, <laughs> so go figure. I think, yeah. um, you know, when I find something that I'm interested in, it's, you know, I just kind of run at it um, and I'm, I'm, I can be pretty, pretty fearless at times. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. This question. <laughs> um, what else? This is this not meant to sound like a performance review, okay? <laughs> yeah, cool. It's definitely how it sounds. <laughs> if my boss is listening to this, he'll be like, great. Great work. I'm so glad we hired you, Crystal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what is it about me? Um, I'm, I'm probably driven to the point of, um, of stubbornness. Like I will do yeah. something until I become masterful at it. There is nothing in my yeah. life that I, you know, that I woke up and was suddenly amazing at. But for me, it's, yeah. it's you know, the, the art of, of trying to do things so many different ways until I find my way to navigate something. Mm. Um, I, I, I can at times be process-driven, uh, but, you know, to be honest, it's um, I, I kind of was really fortunate to stumble into hospitality, you know. Um, yeah. I had I have this acting degree and, you know, I've done a whole bunch of different things and I just found that this industry can be incredibly community-driven. Um, I love the fact that, you know, you're only as good as the venue or the people that you work with. There is this really beautiful community mentality. Um, given the fact that I've been an ambassador for nine years and now I get to have the privilege of managing another team of ambassadors, for me, community is really important. Um, and you could say that some of those pillars are, yes, education and, and presenting 
and being the face of brands, but but they also become an extension of the things that you believe in. I'm really passionate about diversity and it's amazing how, you know, International Women's Day that's coming up in in a month or so has now suddenly become this stalwart um, event or moment in the calendar year that gives, you know, communities of people a chance to really come together. And sometimes I think that's what we forget about hospitality is that it is this amazing community and if ever you're in strife or if ever you're trying to solve a problem, whether you're behind the bar, whether you're being an advocate for bars, whether you're managing a team, you know, regardless, there is always someone that has more experience than you and providing that you surround yourself with the right people, it's quite easy to grow um, and to nurture the things that you're passionate about. I was really fortunate in my early career to be able to work with some amazing bartenders that really helped prop me up, that gave me those fundamentals that we were talking about before. Um, and for that, I am truly grateful, but I think it is, it's that kind of tenacious attitude, that drive um, and that passion for the industry that's probably set me up to be the role or to be in the role that I am at the moment. When you walk into a bar, what are the things that make you the happiest and what makes a good bar for you? Mm. For me, it, it's always like the first five seconds, like how you're being greeted what, how the venue is set up, for me, I think that tells a thousand words. Yeah. I'm a sucker for a great martini. So, you know, if you nail, <laughs> if you nail the martini that I've ordered, I'm definitely going to keep coming back. Yep. Uh, and, and the menu, right? Often, you know, if you're working for someone else or you're working in someone else's group, there's a lot of prescription that you won't have an opportunity to change, mm. right? Amazing architects will come in and design the space based on the aesthetic that will house a certain number of people. They'll have an idea of who the demographic is. But the physical menu and how that's brought to life really gives everyone that's working in that venue or um, that restaurant or cafe an opportunity to add their kind of creative input and flair, whether it's seasonally focused, whether it's, you know, a a dark spirits focused menu that's stirred up, um, whether they're wanting to champion a beautiful illustrator that they've worked in, the design features, all those bits and pieces, those are probably my favourite things to mm. look for in order to understand um, what the venue has to say, but more importantly, what the people that work in that venue want to put out into the world. It's it's pretty incredible. Yeah, it's like a bar's mission statement, right? Now, absolutely. Yeah, and I yeah. think it's, um yeah, people forget that it's incredibly important that whatever you want to say is included in that menu and that by the time it comes to open – you want to make sure that the menu's ready to go because the menu says a thousand things about what you're trying to do, what your offering is, and, and where you want to take that customer experience. Yeah, and always get someone to uh, spell check it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> the amount of uh, horrible spelling mistakes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, look, I'm, I'm guilty of a few myself, but, yeah, it's one thing that you always notice. Okay. Uh, Crystal Hart, thank you so much for talking to me. I really appreciate your time and the chat. Apologies for the few of the technical difficulties, but I think we'll get there in the end. Amazing. Thanks so much, Sam. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Crystal again for the talk, and thank you to you for listening. If you're enjoying these podcasts, then please share them with a friend. It really helps to get the word out, and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts where you can. I really do appreciate your support. Until next time, this has been Drinks at Work from Boothby.